Hello and welcome to the Fellowship Phase, an Adventures in Middle-Earth podcast. I'm Josh and that's Callum. We're going to give you inside information into finding your own path through Tolkien's world. Nice. Frodo did not speak, and so Sam struggled on as best he could, having no guidance, but the will to climb as high as he might before his strength gave out and his will broke. On he toiled, up and up, turning this way and that to lessen the slope, often stumbling forward, and at the last, crawling like a snail with a heavy burden on its back when his will could drive him no further, and his limbs gave way. He stopped and laid his master gently down. Hello, Callum. Hello. How Josh. are you? I'm exhausted. <laughs> I was going to say exactly. <laughs> so this episode is going to be about exhaustion, it's a topic that we've talked about before and we've touched on in the podcast and it's one of the big differences between the basic rules which underpin the game and what they've done with Adventures of Middle-Earth. And it's come up a lot in our game and if you play, I imagine it's come up a lot in yours. We've certainly learned some lessons and we wanted to talk through those. So, should we start with what the rules are? Yes. Yeah, you may have experienced exhaustion in real life. <laughs> Most people have at some point or the other. And just like in real life, uh, in the game, there are different levels of exhaustion. So sometimes you might think, I feel exhausted. And other times you might think, I feel exhausted. And that would be a second level of exhaustion? Uh, yeah, I think. I don't know if I've ever... I've never, certainly never experienced level six of exhaustion. I think there was one time... <laughs> That I got to level, um, level three. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Four, four would would be severe. That's hospitalisation. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, is it? I don't know. I felt I was I was trying to. I was a student. I was trying to get home from a night shift, and I was walking along a road in Glasgow, and I, it was like six in the morning, and I'd been up for more than twenty four hours, and I just remember thinking, I just have to lie down. <laughs> I'm just going to lie down on the street here in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> there was another time after a night shift that I I was so exhausted I fell asleep cycling, which Ooh, I've never done before. That's close to sick. That's close yeah. to level six. Death. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thankfully, it was not on a road, but I woke up as as I was sort of like careering off the cycle path. I was like, "Well, oh, this was this is not good." Well, uh, whether you've experienced that level of exhaustion or not. We've all experienced tiredness in some form, and the game goes to some lengths to explain what impact exhaustion will have, what the condition will have. It's laid out in uh, a table, and there are different levels. So they go from level one to six, sixth being the, the worst level. <laughs> we start at level one, you get disadvantage on ability checks. At level two, you get disadvantage on ability checks, and your speed is halved, and the things start to stack up. Level three disadvantage on attack rolls and saving throws level four hit point maximum is halved level five your speed is reduced to zero and level six death wow yeah 
actually know that, that I, I didn't play in this game, but I know that um, some of the people in our party were playing Radiant Citadel recently, and I believe there was some sort of creature or mon- I don't actually know the specifics of it or a curse that happened to one of the player characters, and it caused continual exhaustion gain unless you passed a save, and one of the player characters just died because of exhaustion. <laughs> What a horrifying way to go. Yeah, I don't think it was very narratively satisfying <laughs> for them. <laughs> it actually does say that in the Adventures in Middle-earth Loremaster's Guide that says that um, uh, it's important... Um, oh yeah, actual death by exhaustion can be a deeply unsatisfying end for a hero, which I think is, is, it's is fair. fair. Yeah. yeah, it's fair. But it is important, and I like that it gives you decisions to make because often there are things that are happening and the players are aware that they risk exhaustion if they keep pushing on or try this difficult thing or for instance in a chase uh, we've talked about this how you know rules of written chase rules will give you exhaustion and how overpowered that would be in adventures middle earth i like the exhaustion rules they give the players choice knowing they risk something bad happening now in core fifth edition um, and in Adventures of Middle-earth, to get rid of a, a level of exhaustion, you need to take a long rest, which in uh, the base game is basically a night's sleep. One of the huge differences, because um, Adventures of Middle-earth is a, is a much, much more of a grind of a game, a long rest is not simply a night of sleep. It's a much longer period of of downtime and rest really in a very safe place in other words it's much harder to get rid of exhaustion in adventures middle earth than it is Mm. in fifth edition and there are far more things in adventures middle earth that actively give you exhaustion than there are in the base game because so much of it is about journeying and energy and basically pushing yourself to the limit without magic so how does it feel as a player character when you when you were given levels of exhaustion, like a gift? It, yes, it was quite a gift that you gave us. Halmir has been exhausted a surprising number of times. He actually has a very high con because he's a soldier. And just the things he was doing, we've encountered, we've had journey events, and I think there was one time we encountered a spirit which led to the point of exhaustion. It is, I think it's really interesting when it happens in the middle of a really big journey when the stakes are known to the players. So there's one time when we had to travel quite a long way from Lake Town, that place whose name we've yet to understand, but the episode will follow at some point, all the way into Mirkwood, but much further south. And we knew we then had to return. And Halmir got, I think, two points of exhaustion on the way. And it was really important, because at two points of exhaustion, not only was I rolling at disadvantage for ability checks, which is which make things very challenging. But if you're in a group, like basically what happens is other people end up doing the the bulk of the tasks. At level two of exhaustion, your speed is halved. And the group no longer is particularly helpful with that because if the, the rest of the group do things, that means they just keep going at full speed and you're at half speed. So what effectively happened was Halmir slowed the whole party down when we actually had quite an urgency where to go. And it really then had us asking questions like, is there a way that we can get a boat on the river? You know, can we get horses? We needed, it, it forced us to, to change our plan. So I actually really enjoyed it, but then I, I quite like it when things go wrong in role playing games. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, it's I think you're right, there's a lot of different ways in which it can be given out and it can have a huge impact on the game when you're starting to roll things at disadvantage. You know, a good example is stealth checks. So, yeah. you know, if you're you're trying to sneak in somewhere and you've become exhausted, it, it's really difficult. And I think the other, I guess, you know, well, maybe we should talk about ways in which you can get exhaustion. I think one of, one of the main ways is that if you, just like in real life, if you stay up, too long yep. if you don't sleep then you can get exhaustion and that there's rules for that in dungeons master's guide about how you get exhaustion for not resting properly and i think we'll do another episode where we'll talk about you know resting in adventures of middle earth and we'll talk about the mechanics around exhaustion gain if you don't take adequate sleep as opposed to rest in adventures of middle earth um what other ways can you get exhaustion in adventures of middle earth there are journey events, and they're not that give you quite specifically give you exhaustion, or can counteract having exhaustion. And those are kind of narrative. We've had a couple of those. They're things that come up. I feel quite often, and they're really like baked into the core mechanic of the game, which is journeying places. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the journey events. Josh hasn't really seen these before because um, it's behind the screen. So um, there's basically like underlying the journey events. A lot of the books have like different flavors for them or different like ideas and suggestions. But essentially, the numbers 1 to 12, each number has like a set mechanical thing. And often it's like, if you all succeed and do well, then something good might happen. Or if your embarkation roll was good, then it might be a positive event. Or But conversely, if the initial check has failed or the embarkation roll was negative, uh, then something bad will probably happen. Uh, so, for example, one of them uh, relates to, you know, seeing something wondrous. And um, your check there, um, if you succeed, may allow you to regain a level of exhaustion. If you fail, then you might have a penalty to your arrival roll. And the, the exact mechanics don't really work, but I think what's worth thinking about is that a lot of the different events can remove or add exhaustion. So, for example, another one, one of the journey events is around hunting. And uh, the way that you resolve that is a sort of a wisdom survival check. Um, that might be made of advantage or disadvantage, depending on different factors. If you succeed by a large amount, then everyone recovers exhaustion because you've you know got some fresh meat or food and uh, you also get more to the arrival role because the journey is less punishing. If you um, just succeed, you might only get a level of exhaustion recovered. If you fail then everyone gains a level of exhaustion. So it's extremely swingy. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that sometimes. I think it... I think what... Well, how do you feel about the player, the journey events? Because, like, they're they're part of the game that I haven't really adjusted. I've just left them as they are. How, how do they feel? Because I've got my thoughts, but I'm interested to hear what you think. I like them. Now, I've never run a game, and I've never really seen them written down. I've only experienced them as a player. I like them because it makes journeys difficult which I think is the point of the game. Yeah. In some role-playing games, you can very much just abstract out and just have almost like a cutscene of like, and you travel along this road and you, you, know, you skip ahead to whatever happens at the other end of the road. Whereas in Tolkien's work and the game, the actual travelling makes up probably the bulk of the game, really. Mm. And I think it's good that there are a variety of things that can happen and that they do have consequences. I don't mind that sometimes it's quite punishing because I think it keeps the players making decisions like, do we actually press on? Like, if you set off on a long journey to cross 
Mirkwood, or to cross the Misty Mountains. Not completing the journey should be an option. Yeah. I yeah, don't that think it should failure. be a, that could be the failure. I don't think it should just be a given that you'll get there. And if it is a given that you get there, why are we spending so long doing the the journey? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I actually think things like picking up exhaustion and potentially your speed getting halved, or you become so bad in combat that you think oh, it's it's not worth risking this. We should turn back. I like it. I think there's there's only one time that you've done that. You were travelling into Merkwood, I can't remember exactly why, and you had to turn back. Yeah. And then you, you gave it another go later in the year. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting. And I, I, I'm wondering, how did that feel that time? It, felt... it was demoralising, I suppose, because it felt like we'd failed. But, again, it presented new choices. I think it meant the plot took a different direction. And something I like is, whilst the journey events are randomised, not randomised, they're affected by dice roll, there are things as players you can do to prep. So there are items you can take, or there are virtues you can take, or there are people you can speak to. And I think we learned that lesson that actually, if we're going on a big journey, we should prepare. Which again, I think is rewarding what you, you mm. want. Yeah. So an example would be um, a Bjorn culture of virtue, which Theodric had, um, was twice-baked honey cakes. Mm, delicious. Which he, he made, it was a hobby of his. And with the cultural virtue, what it meant was... The party ignored the first level of exhaustion they received on a journey. And that was the idea they had these really nutritious, wholesome food with them that he would share around and it would make journeying easier. Another example is if you have ponies or horses as part of your group on a journey, you ignore the first level of exhaustion that you receive. So again, it encourages you to prep in some way or it rewards players who... Yeah, so you just get a pony and then you fill it saddlebags of honey cakes. That's how you should travel. Profit. You're there. Another example, which I saw when I was creating um, Halmir, was I think it's over many leagues. Men of Minas Tirith can ignore the first level of exhaustion. So that's quite a common buff that exists, and it's quite a common penalty that exists in the journey rolls, exhaustion. So it does move up and down a lot more. It's funny, it's not something. You know when you read rules, and I think, you know, I find this a lot when we're creating characters. So I was recently creating a new 5th um, edition character, and there's sometimes just rules you read and you're like, that seems really exciting. And there's other rules that you read and you think, ah, it's a bit boring. But then when you get into the game, and something in AIM in particular is that, like, the, the not very exciting rules can sometimes be really impactful. So yeah. that one about, you know, if Halmir had the exor- ignore exhaustion... That would have had a huge impact. Like, I think the other rules that you've chosen have had huge impacts as well. But it is something that is actually really powerful in this yeah. game. And if you're playing this for the first time and you've never experienced, I think it's worth knowing that exhaustion is such a big part yes. of the game. So if there's ever anything that is, like, talking about as a mechanic, you're not like, <laughs> well, that never comes up when I played normal D&D. So, yeah, it comes you up know, a lot. It comes up a lot in this. And I actually think the point we really noticed it was when Theodric retired. Because up until that point... Because his virtue applied to the whole party. The whole party ignored the first yeah, level yeah. of exhaustion. He then went away. <laughs> and suddenly, every time people were rolling or making con saves or journey events came up, it was like, oh, actually, there's this new risk that we didn't have initially yeah. because we just had this buff from the beginning of the game. You, you had a lot of buffs. And actually, I think I think you when you accidentally, because we didn't know what we were doing, the party be, was quite well adapted for travelling yes because you had a wanderer with a lot of known lands where you were adventuring you had someone who's really good at a lot of skill checks you had a lot of healing and you had exhaustion ignoring 
mechanics. So you know, it was it was pretty good. And I think that maybe the parallel here is that like in fifth edition, right? So essentially, the day is they, they give it recommendations about like each day. You know, you take a long rest a day. Potentially, maybe you take one, maybe two short rests, and it's something like is it something like five encounters between a day? five and eight encounters? Yeah, so they recommend a lot of encounters, and I think Matt Mercer does this really well, critical role. Like, you quite often like they're going along, they roll an event, they have a small combat, and I think everyone knows like you know it's never they're never going to lose the combat, but what that's there to do is to drain resources. They yeah. talk about that, you know, like you drain resources, and the main resource in fifth edition is your hit points. Now, because Adventures of Middle-Earth is a 5th edition port of the One Ring role-playing game, and the One Ring role-playing game is really not about combat, it's not about hit points. Yeah. You know, even when you level up, it's not like you suddenly become, like, you don't have a huge big bag of hit points. Yeah. It it's, it's so much about the journey. When they put that across to 5th edition, you get this big bag of hit points, but I think the exhaustion mechanics are a big part of the, the draining of the resources. It's not... It's, it's very unlikely you're actually just going to like lose in a combat, although we kind of play it a bit like that. I think it's much more likely that you're going to fail the journey because you'll get exhausted. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I think it's a mechanic which, you're right, when I first created a character and even read the rules, didn't appreciate how much it's woven into everything and how often it comes up. And... I think it's really strong and I think it really plays to the theme of the game and I would if you're playing for the first time I'd really lean into it make sure that you don't like when these rules come up don't ignore them don't fudge them don't think oh that's a bit strong really lean into it like yeah make the make the when you're running the game I think focusing the journey events and anytime people are going on a journey I like have the journey sheet which you can get on the back page of the character sheet and I like that's probably one of the biggest things I do in prep differently is that like I'll write out like where are they going I look at the routes I think about what the different options are I look at the journey events table whether that's the one in the sort of base book or like there's some other ones on the Mercury campaign there's an optional one I think in the different region guides they usually give you a different um, a different option other than the Ravanian region guide because that's the, the basic one and then I look through all the events and I usually like scribble down some notes so like if they roll a one, this is the sort of ideas. I, and I don't really prep the whole thing, but I just have it. You know, it's it's quite hard on the spot to improvise and be like, oh my god, they've rolled like a twelve, and that's going to be something that they meet that's important. So who could who's going to be around that might be important? That's pretty much as much prep as I do about it. Um, but then, as a player, I guess it's thinking, you know, what can we? How can we plan? And that's that's what they're talking about. You know, Matt Colville and making the players do what you want them like the game wants you as players like they do in the in the books is think about your journey prepare for the journey in advance and do everything that you can you know don't travel in winter because traveling in winter is harder yep take build a pony because build a pony is great and uh you know we'll, we'll make the journey much easier take rations take food make short journeys to different yes. places you know the shorter the shorter the journey the less journey events the quicker you might be able to get a rest get sanctuaries get allies that's 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 the game really in a nutshell this is the core of the game and the exhaustion mechanics underpin it all because without any risk of failure or things going wrong then what's the point in having journey rules like what's the point in doing that like you say because if you're just like oh well you do the journey and then some things happen on the way it's not impactful, but if you're like, these things could potentially kill you, yeah. then, you know, well, okay, fair enough, we do have to prepare, and we do have to pay attention. And then suddenly it feels tense and exciting. 
I'm feeling much more awake now. I was exhausted at the beginning of this episode, but these honey cakes have been delicious. Well, the six cups of coffee that I've had today have certainly helped me as well. Yeah. And this uh, pony <laughs> over here. <laughs> okay, so what have we learned? We've learned exhaustion is tiring and a vital part of Adventures Middle-Earth. Probably more so than it is in, in other games. And it probably goes under the radar a bit about how much of a core mechanic it is mm. if you're coming from a background of other role-playing games. It's pretty quiet in the book as well. It doesn't it doesn't sort of start on page one like, exhaustion is massive, and maybe it should. Maybe it should just hammer that right up front. Yeah, I don't know what page... It's on... Um, it's in the Lore Master's Guide, and it's on page 52. Um... It does say exhaustion plays a big part in event, big part, big part in adventures in Middle Earth, more so than the core rules. But it doesn't come in until page fifty-two, so uh, that's difficult. But maybe we're guilty of it as well. I mean, we're quite we're quite deep into the series of podcasts, and we've only kind of set aside time to talk about exhaustion specifically now. Yeah, that's true. Well, um, watch out for exhaustion. Get your cakes, get your horses, and uh, good luck. No emails except on party business. And comments, suggestions, and questions to thefellowshipphase at gmail.com. The long year turns to its close. Much we have accomplished these last seasons. Our fellowship disbands, but is not broken, and we will return. On the next episode of the fellowship phase.